Welcome, fellow grievers. Today, you have found The Leftover Pieces, Suicide Lost Conversations, Season 2, Episode 4. You have found one of my many episodes where I go down the rabbit hole and explore topics that I feel are relevant to the suicide loss space and or the healing journey. Today, I felt led to follow up on something I started back in Season 1. Season 1, Episode 15, was Part 1 of a tools series that I planned to do. And I think originally, I may have put in the show notes to plan on Part 2 being a few weeks later. But before I knew it, Season 1 was coming to an end, and I had never published Part 2. So I'm going to get to that today. As a reference, in part one of Tools, I talked about books, audiobooks, apps, and podcasts that I feel like are in my toolbox to help me as I grieve, as I heal, as I work to rebuild my life. The tools that I'm going to talk about today involve all seven senses. Well, okay. I think they involve six of the seven. But first of all, did you realize there were seven senses? I know a lot of times we commonly hear about our five senses, but there are truly seven. And the tools that I'm going to talk about today involve most of these senses. And maybe the one that I'm predominantly leaving out will be an episode all in itself. And I'll talk about that a little bit towards the end. So the seven senses, just to give you an overview of where we're going today, are one, sight or vision, two, sound or your auditory sense. The third one is smell, also known as your olfactory sense. Four is taste or your gustatory sense. Five is your touch or tactile sense. Six is your vestibular or your movement sense. And seven are your proprioceptions or your body position sense. So out of those sight, sound, smell, touch, taste, movement, and body position, the only one I'm probably not really going to touch base on today is taste. So let's dive in. Of all the tools that we put in our toolbox, for me, some of the most powerful have been in the categories that we're talking about today. Because yes, while I enjoy books and apps and podcasts, especially for taking an education and advancement or comfort, there's something about these tools that often work on my subliminal wellness that I find so invigorating and so renewing. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today is meditation and sound therapy. I use these tools for relaxation and energy work. I use these tools to help me center and ground as well as moving energy blockages through my body or making the energy more productive in my energy centers. 
I have found that many people are intimidated by meditation. I know I was. I also know I'm not a master. But I have also found out that there's really no true masters of meditation. Meditation is considered a practice, and therefore you're going to be practicing it as long as you're doing it. So I'm going to keep it simple for the sake of this podcast episode today and give you a direction. If you already meditate, it's a wonderful tool. And if you are just learning, it's equally as wonderful. It's an app called Insight Timer. And yes, I did refer to this one back in the other episode of tools when I talked about apps. But I'm going to talk about it again. Because I use this app all the time. And it is a small fee. I don't remember how much I pay a month, but it's not very much. And it is worth every penny. It helps me when I can't go to sleep, I find a meditation or a sound therapy, specifically for sleep. It has things to help with anxiety. It has things to help me ground or guide me. It has things, uh, sound and meditation. And I mean, there's courses, there's courses in here. If you want to take a 12 day course to help center you, I did one that was a, I think 15 day course that worked through all of the different chakras. And then I think it worked back through them or something. It was a really, I did it every single morning when I woke up and I just loved it. Um, I think I already touched on the fact that it does have sound healing, uh, modules in it as well. So you can choose to listen to Tibetan singing bowls. You can, you can turn on a crystal sound bowl, session. What it's this app has done is gather practitioners from all over the globe. And they put their sessions on this app. So it's not one singular source coming together. It's professionals and practitioners from all over the globe. You're also able to connect with any friends that you have that are using the app. So I have in particular one friend that I know that uses the app and we're connected through it. If we wanted to communicate about anything, we would be able to. So you could have a community in there as well. I encourage you if you're interested in meditation or sound therapy, or specifically if you don't know at all, if it would help you to try it. And I greatly encourage you to put in earbuds into both ears when you do any sort of sound bathing or sound therapy like this, because it makes all the difference in the world. So the next tool that I'm going to talk about is aromatherapy, which of course is the one that engages our smell. And for the sake of this, it also could engage taste. That's the one I told you I wasn't going to go too much into today. But I have used essential oils for years now. Uh, I want to think that I started using them within the first year after losing Alex. And they are 100% a part of my daily routine now. And I know you've heard me talk about routines before. I don't believe that anything we start is going to become something that we are proficient in, or even becomes a part of a daily routine. For a while, we have to try things and we have to give ourselves latitude to see if they're 
working and if they're affecting us in a positive way. But over the course of the last four years, I can tell you that I believe so much in aromatherapy. I wear essential oils almost every single day. And I have gotten really good at picking the right blends. I actually blend my own oftentimes into little glass roller balls that I have also filled with crystals. So that gives the extra boost of the energy of that crystal in that roller oil as well. I diffuse oil into the main part of my house every day. And I'm very intentional in thinking about how I'm feeling. So I know whether I'm looking to instill more peace or calm. I might need more hope. I might even want joy. And sometimes I need to elevate or invigorate myself so that I can focus more. So essential oils allow you to intentionally do these things through smell, but know that it's affecting your brain. It's affecting how your brain's reacting to the environment around you. So for essential oils, you can diffuse them, you can wear them, and you can ingest many of them. And I have never, I'm just going to be honest with you, I've never gotten into ingesting the oils myself. It isn't because I don't believe it would work, but I have a lot of natural herbal supplements that I take already. And so I feel like that may be why I've never branched out into that. But I know a lot of people do with great success. And there are tons of tools out there to help people learn about essential oils, and to mix their own blends and all those things. I happen to believe in the brand doTERRA. And since this is my podcast, I'll just say that I actually happen to be a wholesale dealer with them, I believe so much in their product. But that's neither here nor there. There's plenty of good brands out there. And I will include all of these links as well as educational links. There's even a podcast. Well, there's several podcasts by doTERRA. And there's one that specifically talks about how to use their oils, which I love. So moving along, another thing that I believe greatly in for healing and whole body wellness and just being a centered grounded person, which is so important after the loss of someone to suicide is yoga. When I first looked into yoga, I honestly wasn't sure I was going to like it. I had always been someone who was more of what I thought a movement, like quick movement person, like dance. So I thought maybe I would be more into like Zumba. And I actually didn't like that at all. But I can't tell you how transforming yoga was to me. And that was before I lost Alex. Since I've lost Alex, there's nothing like being able to center myself and realign my body with yoga. And I'm just for the sake of this episode, going to tell you that what I did at one point, because I was overwhelmed, as a lot of us grievers are, and I didn't know where to start. And I didn't want to I was living in the motorhome at the time we were traveling as part of our journey, and just didn't know what to do. So I did some research, and I made my own cheat sheet. And what I was choosing to do, and I think is really powerful for grievers, is I was choosing to just take about 10 minutes in the morning. And you know, it could be stretched into a little bit longer than that, too. But I was taking about 10 minutes. 
and going through seven poses in that time frame. And those poses were chosen intentionally for chakra alignment, because I found during grief, we can get so bound up in our energy centers, that for me, I wanted to combine these two practices. So let me set up what this looked like for you. I usually would light a candle and have a cup of hot tea. I probably had my diffuser going already. And I probably had some low music going in the background. Just setting up something that feels serene and calming going into this just added to the experience. So then I would I would put out my yoga mat and I would just go through these seven poses in a very calm, slow, methodical method. And the seven poses that I initially chose are actually on a poster that hangs in my office. And there's more to the poster than that. And I will put the link in the in the show notes for you. But I also came up with just researching seven additional poses. And what I would do is alternate one set of seven poses I would do on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, and the other set I would do on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. And I did that on purpose just to break up the monotony of the same seven poses, but you could sure just do the same seven poses. And so I will walk you through verbally what the seven poses were for just the one set, I won't go through both sets. But the first set of seven that I used were from the root chakra, I used the tree pose. And from the tree pose, I went into goddess. And that was for the sacral chakra. Moving up into the solar plexus chakra, I went into warrior. Coming into the heart chakra, camel pose. Then up to your throat, shoulder stand. It's a little harder. You may have to use a wall. I did. Then downward facing dog for your third eye. And then finally for your crown chakra, you can either do a headstand or a corpse pose. And oftentimes I preferred the corpse pose because of the laying down and it was a really good way to finish. And sometimes I found myself almost staying there to meditate for a little while. So it was just a good practice. And like I said, I had another seven that I was using on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, and I was taking Sundays off. And this was just a really good start for my day. It can also end a day as well. So then moving on, the other thing that I want to talk about is intention setting or journaling or laying groundwork. And mindfulness and meditation go a long way in a healing journey. And so putting some form of intention setting into your toolbox, I think is really powerful. Journaling for me does wonders. And it really gets all of your feelings out. And by all of your feelings, I mean that it's really important to express the sadness, which is really easy to do and even the anger, but sometimes it's okay to express the joy and the other emotions we if we don't go through all of our emotions, I don't believe we have 
the healing capacity as if we do. And then I also did um, a lot of grid work with crystals. And that's a whole different thing. But it just when you're doing a grid, you're essentially setting an intention. And it's the practice of intention setting that I find really powerful, because you're setting these into your self into your subconscious. And then other things that I do that I think are just worth mentioning that kind of engage the senses, well, they don't kind of they totally do are things like massage, if you can find yourself, especially now that we're getting out of being quite as locked down in some parts of the world. If you can find a massage therapist again, or maybe you're lucky enough to have a partner that would massage at least your shoulders or back. I have started experimenting with and, and um, studying EFT or tapping, um, which taps on and affirms at your meridian points. And I take hot baths with again, aromatherapy and essential oils and things a lot as well. And I will often with a hot bath, if I don't have in headphones, I may put on quiet music, or a meditation or an audiobook. So as you can see, sometimes these tools, actually, a lot of times, these tools for the senses overlap, there may be two or three of them going on at any given time. And I think what they do to our overall whole body wellness is irreplaceable. So I hope that if you are already using some of these tools, that you might share with me in the comments, or, or even on Instagram, through the messages, what's working for you. Because I love to hear what's working for other people. And if you haven't tried any of these or some of them, I would encourage you to possibly do so because I have think that many of them are just transformative in this journey. So this seems like a good place to stop for today. And just know that I have put links in the show notes. So you can go find more information on all of these topics. And as always, I'm available through my DMs on Instagram. If you haven't caught me in Clubhouse lately, I love connecting with people there as well. And I do a room every Wednesday with two other moderators that are in the suicide loss space from the United Kingdom, that are wonderful women. And it's a room called Life After Suicide in the Evolving Through Grief Room on Clubhouse. So until next time, grievers, my heart is with all of you. I'm so sorry that we're in this space together, but I'm so honored to share it with you. Talk soon. Grievers, it is my hope that from today, you will take that which serves you and simply leave the rest. If you connect with what you have heard, please subscribe to get notified of my new episodes every week, and please feel free to share it with others in the suicide loss community. If you are so led, I would also be honored if you would leave a review so that others might find us more easily. You can find me and always to connect with me at my Instagram, The Leftover Pieces. I want you to know that I know how very, very hard life is now. It's true that we will never be the same, but we are going to be okay. We will figure this out somehow, 
together. And we will keep our loved ones with us because there is no getting over or past grief, only learning to live more gracefully alongside it. Only through talk can we keep their memories alive, learn to live again, and bring some awareness so that less will suffer. Join me again next week, and we will keep the talk going. We will sign off today, as always, with the wise words of my Alex's favorite, Peter Pan. Never say goodbye, because goodbye means going away, and going away means forgetting. Grievers, no one here is forgetting. Talk soon.